lost, but I'm still in like I'm filmic. But you still stick flipping birdies real quick for the music. Get the meal quick to the table. Get your filter. Can't remember how to feel shit. Take a real hit to the ego. Pop a pill, sip, no placebo. Now the trill shit you said you beat for. Make you real sick, play the people. Now the hell shit becoming lethal. Hey, see, I've been falling back. Watch your game from a distance. Nosebleeds, OBs from the children. Uh, no fees, cold feet when it's finished. Uh, no peace in the streets that we live in. I can't say shit that'll make y'all change So I'ma stay rich in this field y'all claim Forever rich in the cut, it's a wrap Ain't talking about the cash, but we keep it in the bag no What's good everybody, it's your boy King Diamond I'm back with another episode of the Forever Rich Podcast Of course you got me, the prettiest handsome man alive And then you got my boy AB Guapo, how you doing my dude? I'm excellent, I have no complaints this week Um, it was a good week Every week's a good week, but this week was a good week Um just was quiet. Didn't have to do a whole lot. Got a lot of side hustle shit going on, but I'm not complaining because that's money in my pocket. But um, it's good. It was a good week. So how about you? How was your week? That's good. You know, it was another week in the Matrix, but uh, it was pretty good. Can't complain. I'm about to get uh, new windows put in the house. So that's, I guess, kind of exciting or whatever, you know. Try and keep my energy bill down because these I got uh, original windows, so you it's got time. Eighteen fifty windows. Yeah, so <laughs> it's time to get them upgraded. So that work was good. Um, yeah, so I really can't complain. Um, we got some good topics this week. Um, first and foremost is the big um, million dollar man, Kyle Murray, got two hundred thirty five million dollar extension. Uh, with some controversy with his uh, contract, you know, they were trying to make it seem like he needed to put four hours in studying. Uh, came this big ordeal this week, and then they, this, the Arizona Cardinals decided to remove it. So what's your opinion on it? I think it's pretty embarrassing to put uh, you got to study. That's like joining doing anything and it's like uh yeah you got to do your job that's the contract you got to do your job like yes you need to study but that goes to show you that kyler hasn't been putting forth the effort if the arizona cardinals feel like they needed to put a clause in that says you got to study for four hours that means they've noticed that he isn't studying and he's not improving in the ways they feel like he should and it's play demonstrates that you know i don't think kyler murray's that great he's he's all right but you know he's he's still making those rookie mistakes and you know i, I haven't seen an improvement in his game to where i could be like yeah he's getting better i feel like he's been about the same every single year since he came in so i mean i i think they only took it out because it came out that it was in there and it was embarrassing and you know people were in an uproar about it but I wouldn't have took it out. If I think, you know, if I think um, I need to put that in there, I, I just need to put that in there. It's it's one of those things where it's like you got to, as an organization, they got to protect themselves as well. You know, you're giving someone $235 million possibly. Not all guaranteed, but a lot of it, you could get a lot of it depending on what the contract structure is. Um, so that's a lot of money to just throw at somebody and they don't do their job to the utmost. So I, I don't have a problem with it. It is embarrassing though for him that it got leaked out, but I don't personally have a problem with it on their side, but it is embarrassing. It's basically what he made some comments, I think like a year or two ago talking about, he's not, he's not putting in the work. 
I think it was that everyone keeps saying like in the New York Times or whatever, he did an interview where he was like, yo, I'm not one of them type of guys that, you know, studying defenses or whatever. I, I've been being able to just go out there and play on his ability and that's, that's going to hurt you. So Arizona, if they're going to give you this money, they're going to ensure that they're they're getting the best Kyle Murray that they can get. I don't see nothing wrong with it anyway. And if he's insulted or he feels he's in his feelings and he needs to fucking grow the fuck up. Like this is not Oklahoma where you can just go to class and just play on based on your arm or your legs. You know, this is the NFL It's where the, the most elite athletes go to play football. Like this is not a game. Like you think you, that you're just God's gift talent kind of like, uh, Booby Miles on Friday Night Lights, you, you're gonna, it's gonna show, and you're gonna end up being trash. So, I think it was. I'm more of ashamed of the Arizona Cardinals for taking it out of the damn contract. I would have kept it in there and be like, so what? Who cares? This is this is how we're, we we want to make sure that we're putting out a winner on the field, not just some fucking mediocre shit. Exactly. The fans, the fans should be rooting for this shit too, because then it shows that the air the Arizona Cardinals actually care about winning more than just fucking having you know just making the playoffs so exactly and, it's, and at the end of the day it's a business man like you when you think of, you got to look at it like this you hire an employee you expect them to do their job and if they don't you fire them right yeah. it's the same thing it's it's a business they expect Kyler Murray to do their job and they're like hey if you want this 235 million we better see you fucking take it seriously we're not just gonna fucking give you 235 million for you to Go out there, wing it, and try to act like you're the next fucking uh, Patrick Mahomes. Like, no, uh, you're not that good. So, you know, we're going to make you earn this money. We don't have it. And that's kind of where these contract negotiations, you kind of get fucked when you don't strike first because uh, Deshaun Watson got all that money. And now everyone's going to be like, oh, I want that kind of money, right? And then you kind of don't have a choice but to pay them that kind of money. So I don't blame the NFL for trying to the ownerships of all these teams trying to put protection in, in there to uh, try to save face. But yeah, I would have kept it in there though. I don't know why they got rid of it. That's strange. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and you got who? I was going to say, but tr- same similar topic, Zion. Did you see Zion had something similar in his contract as well? Yeah, wasn't it like, yeah, I'd be on a diet or some shit like that? Yeah, it was weight restrictive and uh, body fat. But that's a little more common in the NBA. I know like the Miami Heat are real big into that, like where they're like, do you have weekly weigh-ins? And if you don't make the weekly weigh-in, you get fined. I think it is. I think they find their players. But uh, I, I just think it's funny nowadays. It's like you got to actually tell players to like take shit seriously. You know, it's like that just shows you like the kind of athletes that are coming up out of the sports and stuff. And this is why people will be like, they need to play college for four years. This is why, because you get these 19 year olds, they get a whole bunch of money and think they can do whatever the fuck they want. They're not mentally mature. It's not about their skill. It's their maturity level. And that's why most of these three, four year players are starting to become better than some of these one year and dunce in basketball. And then in NFL, it's just. That's why I like the smaller school quarterbacks, in my personal opinion, play better than the the big time schools, the Alabamas, the Oklahomas, the 
USC's, Ohio State's, like most of those quarterbacks, they all burnt burnt out within mm-hmm. after the their first year of contracts. It's like maybe a rare one. Like Russell Wilson came out of Nebraska, uh, but first he started at North Carolina State. Um, Justin Herbert came out of Oregon, which they weren't even that good of a team. Uh, who else? Uh, what's the Buffalo's Staff- quarterback? Stafford's from a small school. No, Stafford bad. went to Georgia. Oh, and who am I thinking of? Josh uh, Allen went uh, to Wyoming. Yeah. So yeah. that's, you know, they, they're more hungry. They're more driven to actually. To an Ivy League. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. No, that's Ryan Fitzpatrick. He went to. Uh, okay. Okay. But yeah, I do. I agree. I think the, uh, I think the smaller school guys, and I also think we're going to start seeing a decline also in drive as well, because they're going to start getting money in college too. You know, a lot of people are really hungry, you know, through college and early days in their football because they want that money, right? But now, if you're already made two, three hundred thousand and playing in college, you're not going to be, you know, like super hungry to get that that contract. You're already making that money. That's still decent money. No, the only reason why I disagree with that just is because uh, the NIL deals that most of these major schools are having it. They're having a, a like a playing clause where it's like you have to play in at, at a certain level and blase blase in order to receive some of these deals so i mean NC- true but if, ncaa if- is a more more strict more smart monster than the nfl they kind of you know nfl is trying to go global where ncaa it's more of a it's it's a self-efficient machine they basically just dictate what you can and can't do I mean, I agree with that, but we'll see. I, I won't. I kind of agree with you, but I don't. I, I think because you think about it, if you have a, a kid that comes out and he's fucking has ten million dollars already straight out of college, you know, like if the NFL tells you some shit you don't like, you don't want to hear. You know, I mean, it's it got to be important for you to want to play. That's where it comes down to. Because now the money isn't really a thing if you've already made five million, six million dollars playing in college. You know, and that's why they're going to start putting in these clauses in the contracts. Right. And you still might, and people will live up to their college contracts, but make it to the next level. And then what? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying the people will plateau in college. You'll start seeing maybe people plateau in college, get to the NFL. And then you're like, well, he was so good in college, you know, and it's like, well, he already made $10 million. That's <laughs> He didn't really have to put in much work besides just be there. But, yeah, but the chances of you making $10 million in college is, it, that's only going to be like a handful now. of players. That's because it's now, right now. These little NLI, NL, what do they ever call them, contracts, they're small. They're starting out small. But as years go on, we know how this shit works. As years goes on, they're going to start going up. They're, 200,000 is going to turn to 400, 400 is going to turn to eight, eight's going to turn to a million. Next thing you know, someone's going to get $10 million to play in college. It's, it's going to happen. Watch. So, but yeah, so to, yeah, but it's like, that's how things work. It's just, you know, exponential. So right now they're small, but they'll get big, you know? Yeah, but what I'm saying is the more the money is going to be bigger, the more stricter these 
uh, institutions are going to be. So it's going to be, it's basically how well do you perform? Are you a Heisman candidate? Okay, you'll probably get $10 million. Are you just a freshman coming out? You know, okay, you're probably going to only get this amount for, uh, for to play. Or if you're not even playing at all, yeah, you'll you'll get this, but you have to do X, Y, you have to stay for this program for blase blase. You can't hit the transfer portal or, you know, they're going to do it. The NCAA is is ran by some of the the moneyest, hungriest people in this world, that they're going to do everything that they can to make sure that they're making profit, but they're not losing profit on these players. I mean, the big-name players, yes, they're going to get their money. So, But that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the big-name people are going to get their money at the college level and then probably plateau at, at the college level because they're going to be already getting their money. Joe Schmo, yeah, he's gonna work hard because he's not getting his fucking money. He's, you know what I'm saying? If if you're a huge name, what I'm saying is if you're a huge name guy, quarterback, right, out of high school, and and everybody's your social media phenomenon, and everybody loves you, and you're getting a Skaterade deal, you're getting a Nike deal, you got an Adidas deal at the at the college level. We're talking hey, your first year, and you're already bringing in. Six, seven, eight million dollars, you're already living the dream. You know what I'm saying? Like, you already do. Yes, they'll put in claws and stuff, and yeah, they got to play well. Okay, they'll do that. These guys aren't stupid. They're going to do that. They're going to do what they need to do to keep getting that money. But what I'm saying is, is that, okay, then they go to college or they go from college to NFL, and it's like, hey, you got to do this and that. And it's like, well, why do I need to do that? Why should I do that if I already have $20 million? Mm. Mm. We'll see. We'll see, though. But transitioning over, I asked, we were going to bring up Julio, but uh, also in NFL news, you know, Julio signed with TB, the GOAT. Go get another big-name receiver. I, I'd like to pick up, though I do have my little bit of uh, worries. Julio has not been healthy for the past couple years. Um, so we will see what Julio we get from Tom Brady. But I do think if – He's healthy. It will be a Randy Moss, Randy Moss, not Moss, Randy Moss, Tom Brady type connection. I think he he's on that level. He's not as good as Randy Moss, but he he's in that upper echelon tier. I would definitely one of the better wide receivers in the league when healthy. But how how do you feel about TB getting Julio? My boy's just doing what my boy does. He's he you know they always say. Uh, the GM for LeBron, you know, Brady is damn near the GM for all these motherfucking teams he's on because if Tom Brady doesn't promote, like, if he doesn't have you buy in, then you're not going to buy in at all. So it's like basically the Tampa Bay Bucks didn't bring fucking Julio in. Tom Brady brought Julio in, you know, so it's just. It, like you said, it's another option for them. They're supposed to get Godwin back. They have Mike Evans. So they're Strongly. They have. They should be loaded on weapons to where it's going to make a lot of only like maybe like one or two teams might be able to defensively hold up with them, and that's what you need. That's what you want. You want to put it to where your team is in in certain scenarios. You can you have a go to player. I'm in the end zone. I got fucking six three Julio right here, or I got six five Mike Evans, or I got Godwin, or you know they. A lot of people think Gronk's coming back, or but if not, you got uh, 
Kyle Rudolph. So you got, you know, weapons left and right that's going to put you in the best chances to win. And at the end of the day, that's what you need. Yeah, it's definitely an upgrade, and that is exactly what the doctor ordered for Tampa. Really, they're a Super Bowl favorites, in my opinion. Um, it's just really their defense. Their defense is the only thing that really held them back uh, last year. So yeah. if, if their defense comes out to play again like they did in 2020, I could definitely see them going back to the Super Bowl. Um, but we're not going to give our predictions just yet. Still got a little bit of time left. Still got a little Still got a little bit of time left. I think practice camp has started, right? OTAs has started. So, yeah, they're getting, starting up this week. Yeah, we're getting close. So we'll 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 have an episode where we give our predictions on the season. Um, but it's definitely a good pickup for uh, for Tom for Tom and Tampa Bay, and they're looking nice in the NFC. Um, but moving over to a little bit more NBA before we switch over to our other side of the topics. We have uh, why I want to talk about KD and Kyrie a little bit. There was a little bit of shuffle this week um, with that. Um, What are you thinking about with the Boston Celtics? If you guys aren't aware, Boston is offering up, offered Jalen Brown, a couple other players, and some draft picks for KD, basically pairing up KD and Jason Tatum. Um, it looks like the window for KD has closed for Phoenix. I don't know how Miami would get him um, just due to them not being able to trade Bam because he's on that rookie max extension with that new CBA clause where you can't trade a rookie max extension player. Um, so it's looking rough. It's looking like KD's either going to go to Boston, Golden State, or he's going to stay with Brooklyn. I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think he's going to Golden State. I don't think he wants to go back there at all. Um, but they're the only two teams that have assets that Brooklyn wants. I'm leaning actually towards him staying. I, I don't think he's going to end up getting traded, which is surprising because you're bringing back someone who doesn't want to play for you, supposedly. You know, we know KD is also moody, but who doesn't want to play with you? Kyrie wants to come back and play. Now he's saying, oh, I want to play in Brooklyn randomly, you know, but. We don't know what that means. I think he's doing that just because he knows KD doesn't want to fuck with him no more. Like I, all these, all these stories of yo, a he's, you know, they're gonna link up back. They just don't want to play in Brooklyn type shit. And I was like, nah. I think KD had enough with Kyrie this season, especially with this. Oh, I want to play. I don't want to play basketball. Is not you know my main focus point right now. I got other priorities, and it's like that's your job, bro. Like, what do you mean? So I think KD is just fucking done with it. But Kyrie's the type of player, in my personal opinion, where he's just that bitch-ass dude that will sit there and do some shit like that. Like, oh, you want to leave? Okay, I want to stay now. I want to show that we could do it without you then. Like, so I think that the Boston trade would be stupid. You got all these players. You got all all these players under contract. They're all young still. Like, you can... All you need, maybe... You got... uh, What's his name? Malcolm Brogdanovich. Michael so, yeah. yeah, whatever. So he can he run it again. Like, you you made it to the finals last year. And then you're automatically trying to fucking destroy the whole team and then rebuild. Like, KD's a hell of a player. And, yes, he can give you 45, 55 on any given night. But 
you would have to give away so much to do that. I, I, it wouldn't make sense. It's it's not the same that a lot of people think that, oh, it's just like going to go to Golden State. No, he was a free agent. They didn't have to give up any assets to get him. Yeah, that's that's a big difference there. But, I mean, KD seems to target ready-made teams. I mean, teams that are already in the finals. So I feel like, personally, that'd be a team he would want to play play with, a team that won to the finals. Um, I mean, all the teams on his list were teams that were either in Eastern Conf- were either in the Eastern Conference Finals the Western Conference Finals, or were in the finals. So uh, Celtics weren't on his list, but, I mean, they are in the, they were in the finals, and Golden State was in the finals. So basically the best teams in the league are on are the teams that are interested or he wanted to go to. Um, but it, it is it's a very sticky situation because I feel like if you bring back both KD and Kyrie after this offseason, what are you really gaining as Brooklyn? You bring back your two best players, but neither one of them seem like they want to play there. So, I mean, I, I feel like Brooklyn's kind of stuck in a shitty situation where they're like, yeah, we'll bring KD back. Obviously, we would love to have him back, but he says he doesn't want to play here no more. So do you want a player? The question that happens is the ownership. You say to yourself, do I want a player on my team that says he doesn't want to play here? And he's my best player. Not only does he not want to play here, but he's my best player. I, I, it's it's a shitty situation to be in, but um, I don't really know how Brooklyn wins in this one. I, I feel like they're asking for too much for KD. That's one, but I think that's on purpose because they don't really want to trade him. But at the same time, your guy doesn't want to play for you, so it'll it'll turn out like the Harden and the Ben Simmons shit. Like the owners are trying to flex their muscles, and then the players are going to flex their muscles to the point where it's going to choke out the the team and they're going to get rid of them. If, if that's what he truly wants, I, I would wait till see what, how training camp starts for them and see how his mindset is during training camp. If he starts acting like Ben Simmons, then yes, eventually he's going to get traded. But at this point in time, I don't see it happening. Yeah, me neither. But I don't think Katie's a powder. I think he would play. I mean, he says he just wants to hoop. That's the most important thing to him. So even if he's in a situation where he's not happy, I think he'd still play and give you maximum effort because playing basketball is his passion. Now, Kyrie, on the other hand, I have no idea, man. You're really playing with fire there. I would be adamant on getting him to L.A., like if if the Lakers don't want to give course up, course you do. Well, that's the only team that wants them. And if the Lakers are willing to give up, um, you're you're getting Russell. I mean, that's not the greatest thing. You're getting Russell Westbrook back. <laughs> All right, skip. But I mean, it, like I said, it, it's not the greatest, but you're getting something back. I mean, and that opens you up for a max contract next year. You could pair somebody else up with KD, whoever else is on the market. Um, I don't really know who's an expiring free agent next year. I'd have to look, but I mean, you don't have many options. People don't want Kyrie. Lakers are the only ones that really want them. You guys want 27 and 29 first round picks, but what are you going to do with that? Those are five and seven years away. Like you have no idea what your team's going to look like in that type of time. I mean, it gives you, are you assuming you're going to be that bad? And nope. they're Lakers' first-round pick, so you're assuming the Lakers are going to be that bad? 
I would just put it this way. It gives you a little bit more of a leverage when it comes to, say, like you got the next LeBron James coming and you can trade multiple first round draft picks for them and some in the same year. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, some of a leverage. You're talking players that are five, seven years out. So we're talking middle schoolers, elementary kids in some cases, depending on. You know who who it is, and we have no idea if they're going to be good or not. That that's a really far stretch to be like we want that, and we're not going to budge off that. But maybe they know something we don't know. You know, maybe they've been scouting ahead, and they feel like there's somebody upcoming in those two drafts that they're willing to hold hold out for for Kyrie, I guess. But it's an interesting hold, and we'll see what happens. But I I wanted to bring that up because uh, it's some interesting developments have been happening with that. So um, we're going to transition over. <clears throat> oh, goodness. Am I going through puberty right now? We're gonna tra- you are. Yeah. Finally we're gonna- coming to man. Yeah, finally. Uh, we're going to transition over to uh, some we're other. We're finally turning over to. <laughs> we're going to transition over to some other topics here um, outside of the sports realm. So we finally about what? Has it been four months, three months since the uh, Grammy? Was it no? The three, Oscars. three and a half. Oscars. Will Smith finally decides to say something. Three and a half months later, make an apology to Chris. Um, a video on IG which exploded literally, gets millions of views in like two, three hours. Uh, it's all over YouTube. It's all over the internet. Will Smith's apology. Um, what were you? How are you feeling about it? Do you, you think it was a good apology? You think it was sincere, or you think it's just some more PR bullshit? So I finally got put on. I know you mentioned it, but my barber actually put me on as well on the bad or the boys, not the bad. Oh, the boys. Oh, yeah, good. and you know how like they. Yeah, it's really good. The first episode, I was like, "Well, what the?" Fu-? But yeah. yeah, really good. And so I've been kind of like in my feelings about that. Like, that's how the society is. Like, it's basically, it's not about who's in, like, people are not like the the true who's and who's not. It's basically programmed for that shit to be the way that it is. And so I kind of felt like it's the same thing with Will Smith's apology. Like, as I was watching it, I was like, is he really doing it because he's really sorry? Or he knows, like, the impact of this slap and this embarrassment causing him millions of dollars to where publicly he might not be able to recover from this. Like, so it's like, like in his eyes, like kind of like I was watching it and I was like trying to like see, and then like kind of like kind of get both ways. Like, I don't think he knew how big him, like he knew who he knows how big he, he is as a celebrity, but I don't think he knew the connections and just how big Chris Rock is. And I think that, uh, he thought, you know, he could pull this off and he can, uh, like, it's just a slap on the wrist and it's like, nah, you fucked around with the wrong one to where it's like, nobody kind of really wants to work with them. But then you can also say, you know, maybe he is remorseful. I don't, I don't really see Will Smith as being like a, an asshole or like someone that's just like bitter or, you know, always like just out to hurt people. So maybe he just, he just had a, a get out moment where he just snapped and, you know, it just took him to another place. You know, uh, he was emotionally not there and it was just a cry for help to where he's like, all right, I really like, 
I'm, I can't even, words can't even apologize, like, apologize for me. So, who knows? But, yeah, it's 50-50 in my book. Yeah, I, I, we'll never know the truth. At the end of the day, we'll never know if it was real or not. And the boys is a really good comparison because it could just be a publicity stunt to kind of, you know, get his career back on the right path. You know, there, people have been canceling projects and sponsorships with him. So, I mean, he's losing things, definitely. Um, is it a is it an impact level where he f- enough to make Will Smith, you know, really regret what he did? We'll never really know. You know, we don't know Will Smith's finances. We don't know what kind of money he's bringing in. Um, you know, we don't know what those sponsorships or what those things meant to him. Now, as a black community, though, uh, it hurt him for sure. You know, Will Smith was a is an idol to a lot of people. Hey, he was uh, up there. He was up there in the black community, uh, you know, as, as a celebrity. You know, there's a lot of people who um, really looked up to Will Smith. You know, he was a, came from West Philadelphia. You know, it was rough out there in those streets. Um, and he showed you, you know, that, that you can follow your dreams. You know, he went from a rapper who really didn't rap about, uh, you know, sex, drugs, and money. You know, he just rapped about, you know, just hanging out in the fucking in the hood and chilling, hooping and, you know, just what the average everyday person does. And that, uh, you know, that touches people, you know, because not everyone can relate to these hood street rappers who talk about killing and murdering people. And there's just some people who don't like, if you're smart, there's just people who don't want to get involved in that shit. You know, that, that ends up giving you a short life. Um, so you, you know, like Will Smith was just one of those people where, where he he was a good example, you know. He was a family man. He was married for a long time. He was just a good example to the black community, and it was sad to see him go down this dark path. But that makes you always make sure you know the women you're bringing around and stuff. They can bring you down, you know. That that's what it comes down to, man. You gotta you gotta make sure you know if you're gonna wife up a girl, or you know, make sure you know her. You know, Jada like, Pickett Smith is kryptonite. He's yeah, you lost know, in the sauce. You can't be having these women around you that say they're for you, but really for for themselves or really they're trying to, you know, they're doing whatever they want to do. They're embarrassing you and all this shit. Like, it, that's what pretty much to me, that's what happened to Will. He just got tired of being shit on, you know, by her and was just trying to stand up for himself, you know, because people are starting to make fun of him and clown him and, and shit. And he was like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm going to show you guys I, I am tough. You know, like, this this woman doesn't run me, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it was a bad choice. Bad Everybody choice. got a breaking point, man. It's like, you know, like, so I'm a motherfucking snap and, you know, and do crazy ass shit. People are like, oh, my God, I would never expect it. It was like, you just don't know, like, how much bullshit people endure to that one moment where it's just like even something so simple can just boom makes you want to just fucking lose it. Yeah. Like, especially yeah. nowadays because everything is like so fast paced like everybody thinks like everything's supposed to be instant now here you go and it's like so it's like yeah people don't want to wait for shit yeah so it's just like you know you get like this fast lane type lifestyle you got to try to keep up with everybody and be on the next trend and this this and that and it's like that could take a toll on you and then you have your personal life drama you know they don't have the best as great as a marriage as everyone thought they did so it's just like 
you got that on top of that. You you know, you got so many projects that you, you're getting pulled to do because you are Will Smith. Like you, like a lot of people do love you. And then in all uh, ethnicities loves Will Smith. Like he's a hell of an actor and hell of a person. Like even when, like when he does his little, when he just talks, like some of the shit that he says is just so genuine that you just be like, damn, like I want to hear Will Smith. That's the main reason why I watched the damn video clip. I was like, damn, I kind of want to see, hear what he's saying what he wants to say or how he gonna say it mm-hmm. and it like i said for the most part it was it was like damn okay i i can understand that but at the same time it's like all right like are you really doing that because you re- that's how you really feel or is this because you're trying to cya and get your name back into the light you know so that's the only difference but it's like these actors athletes and shit like that they're people at the end of the day like no matter how much money people make they still go through the same trials and and errors just like the rest of us and a lot of people just don't think that they think that just because they have money that money solves everything and it never does like so i feel like emotionally and psychologically people that have the most money have the most issues because it's like now it's not even about you as a person it's about your money and it's like oh is this person really here for me or is they're really here just because i have all this money and shit like that that's why i feel like a lot of um artists and athletes and politicians and stuff they start resorting to drugs because it's like it gives it helps them get away from reality it it you know like puts them in a chill ass mode so yeah i mean to me money just exasperates who you are if you're a bad person you get a lot of money you're still going to be a shitty person you're going to be even more shittier than you were if you're a good person you're just going to be continue to be a good person but i hope will smith does get the help he needs we have a lot of episodes where we talk about mental health and you can see right then and there that's he's the prime example of when your mental health fails you and you get down on on your last leg how it can affect you someone who probably isn't even a violent person out here smacking grown other grown men on stage in front of millions of people. It's crazy. Crazy that we're even talking about it, but um, I hope Will Smith, you know, can get over this and get back on the right foot and still got a lot of life left in him. Still got a lot of acting career left in him. If he can, you know, recover from this situation, but we're going to go one last topic, one last thing, and then we're going to get out of here. But, uh, we got one more thing we want to talk about. Uh, an article we saw. Uh, oh goodness gracious! Why, that, 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 I don't know why the sound's playing. Anyways, sorry about that, y'all. Um, don't worry, I'll mute it. Okay. The uh, there's a video on YouTube surfacing about a lawsuit, and this lawsuit is about uh, basically there was a parade and. In Baltimore, and a family had their little girl out there. It was a, I think it was Sesame Street. I don't know if it was just Sesame Street, but the characters were Sesame Street. Anyways, they had their little daughter out there, and she was reaching out, raising out to get her hand, and the characters were ignoring her. Now, I feel like it's a stretch to sue someone for that, but they're claiming it was a racist bias against the. Uh, against her they weren't slapping her hand because she was a black little girl now in the video you can clearly see she's out in the front and they can clearly see her so it isn't one of those situations where she's like way in the back 
and it's like trying to like push her hand out and you know like the, they just don't notice her but i don't know if i go that far to say it's racist it's that's really hard to prove you have to prove that those people legitimately were ignoring her because she was black i mean then they, they don't say anything they just they just so on this one her. the baltimore one yeah you kind of got a you kind of got a point on that one, but I think there was another one that was in Atlanta where the Sesame Street character was like giving everyone else. It was two, two uh, African-American girls and they were right in front of the line, just like the rest, just like in this instant. And basically they touched hands with and gave high fives to all the white kids and then basically gave them like the nah, nah to the two black girls and then kept yeah, going. I so that know. one, that that one, you can't kind of can't argue with that shit. But you know, hey, like at the end of the day, you they're still gonna, there's always gonna be racist people out there, and it's like I hate that society is always like trying to, um, trying to act like it's something that can just be eliminated. That takes fucking generations for that to to end. Yeah. Just because slavery is over and Martin Luther King happened and like y'all gotta realize that that shit happened in our parents' lifetime, our grandparents' lifetime, and if you're still lucky, they still should be alive. You know, your grandparents may be a little older depending on how old you are, but your parents probably are in your 40s or 50s depending on how old you are listening to this. But you know, so. That stuff's just just now now segregation yeah. and all that stuff. Fifty it's, years is not that long. Ago. Long, it really isn't. So you still have a lot of people who are holding that those grudges and stuff, or instilled that in the generation that still exists. So you're talking about, and that's why I think people don't understand that racism is still alive, and like be so shocked. And it's like, oh yeah, it still exists, and it's gonna probably be around for another two, three hundred years. Before it's completely gone, because you don't know what's gonna happen. You got you got kids, you know, and there's still people who are still racist, holding on to that type of shit. It, it it it's gonna be a while, and there's no guarantee that it will ever go away, because you you have to be able to completely change everyone's mind and say there's no one there's no one race that is better than any other race. Well, or, it's not even just that. In my personal opinion, you're always gonna get that because okay, it's gonna go from. African Americans to what now it's what Hispanics because Hispanics are coming into this country. So and then, then it's gonna now it's slowly becoming the LGBTQ community or they feel that way that they're being discriminated discriminated against left and right to you know, if there's life forms out there in other galaxies and stuff like that, then they're gonna be you know, racist towards aliens and it's it's never gonna end. It's never gonna end. Yeah, it's it's a never-ending cycle, and that's sad that you know human beings are like that. But it's just—I don't know—it's it's it's a bad, it's just a bad situation. But I just think some of it's just how humans are wired a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, they you grow up in a specific situation around specific people, seeing people that look like you, act like you, like the same music as you, talk like you, dress like you. And then you go out into the world and you see a bunch of people who aren't like you. They're almost the polar opposite. You know, I I don't know how you kind of like take away that shock factor when you get out by, you know, in America we're integrated, but we're still segregated. You know, where are all the black people? Hoods, ghettos, 
poor neighborhoods, you know, then you get the few blacks that, you know, get into the, get into the middle class or get into the upper middle class class. But then guess what they're surrounded by? The white people. So they start right. acting like the people that they are surrounded by. Right. You adapt to your environment. Exactly. So, so it's, it's hard. You have to have a fully integrated society and we just don't have that. It's a, it's a class system. We still are a class system. No matter what you want to say about America, it's, it's a class system. It's about how much money you make, you know, and the class system is just a representation of how you, how we view each other as a races. Blacks make some of the lowest amount of money in the U.S. Why is that? Because we don't have the same opportunities that the whites have. You know what I what I was thinking uh, the other night, and it kind of puts this uh, last segment in full circle. It's kind of like you know, like when you watch like um, Straight Outta Compton, or you watch I don't know if some people have been watching P Valley. I'd be like glimpsing at it a few times because Raven watches it, and it'd be showing like when people when blacks have money and stuff like that, they'd be doing like off the wall shit that they, you know, that, uh, yeah, ignorant shit. Yeah. That, that, you know, people that, you know, have money. It's like white people. That's like centuries ago with white people were doing. Like when Rome was building white people was throwing parties like that and doing all types of crazy shit. And it's like, like now that black people are starting to get money, they're starting to act like, so it's like now white people have elevated. They're like, Oh yeah, we don't do that shit no more. It's always about, you know, the the owning uh politicians and shit like that to where it's like eventually like african americans are going to involved into that status but then you know white people are going to be further because they're they've been they've been running countries for since day one like yeah they'll so. they'll be running politicians on different planets and shit yeah so it's i like, mean we've pretty much capped out a society here on in on earth I mean, technology is getting better, but what's the next step is space travel. You know, Elon's pushing space travel at SpaceX and it's NASA. And so, yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. So, yeah, we just as a community, we just got to do better, man. That, that's really the bottom line. Like we really just need to educate ourselves more and, you know, come together and really work together. That's the biggest problem with the black community, uneducated and don't want to work together. Yeah. And that's going to only hold you back. It's only going to hold you back, guys. So, hopefully, you learn from something from us, or you know, our philosophies or our thought process. Uh, this episode, um, everybody just needs to ele. Let's love everybody and love them for who they are, not for what you want them to be. I think that's a, a issue that we have in society too. Is everybody trying to program people to be a certain way or have one particular person be a certain way? And it's like, no, nah, just love them for who they are. They're drunk. They're drunk. Just love them for the drunk person that they is. <laughs> if they're a thief, then you know you got hey, love them for you love them for the person, but know that they're gonna steal some shit. Like you know, <laughs> I don't know, like, bro. People that was that was a little rough. That one you're working on a little rough. That one is just people just like want expect people to be the way that they want people to be, and it's just like you can't do that in society nowadays. Yeah, I mean, I agree a little bit there. I don't know about the thief part and the drunk part. But, yeah, you just take care of your family members. Take care of your friends. Be there. Be positive. Positive mindsets make positive outcomes. That's what we always say. And it's really the truth. But we hope you all enjoyed this week's episode. Um, we will catch you all next week. But until then, y'all stay safe. Deuces, guys. Have a good week.